Blog Talk Radio. Frontier Beyond Fear, live broadcast and podcast. I'm Susan Larison Dance, and today is Saturday, April 8th, 2023. This program broadcasts live most Saturdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Blog Talk Radio. And you can learn more about it at FrontierBeyondFear.com, where I will soon be adding some of the other syndicates that have been coming online. I especially welcome Spotify listeners and also others. And um, I'm always thankful to Blog Talk Radio for highlighting this program while it is live. Today, at a time that I know is sacred to listeners throughout the world. And no matter when you are listening to this episode, even very far in the future, in fact, I sometimes feel that these words go out to the future, and it could be quite a ways out there. A part of omnipresence, a part of understanding the nature of the divine and of time itself is realizing there is no separation, not of time or of space. That separation is a construct In fact, let's clarify this as we enter into today's broadcast. Very relevant. We do experience our lives in a very unique and individual way. Yet at the very same time, we are absolutely inseparable from the omnipresent divine and from everyone else on this planet and every other planet throughout this universe and every other universe. And in all the ways, in fact, the concept of universe is not even accurate because this is an infinite, infinite multiverse and we can't even begin to conceive how vast it can feel overwhelming (laughs) to even consider that. And yet we each are here as beloved souls, aspects of the divine 
inseparable from that which is omnipresent. And so many of us have been taught, and I believe it through my own spiritual experiences, it's not just about words, and even through logic itself, we are inseparable from unconditional, infinite love. Let me pause for a second to remind you, my listeners, each and every one of you, no matter where you are, and it's incredible how this show goes out to so many different places in the world, people having such a diversity of experiences, people with such a diversity of beliefs and ways of life, um, experiencing hardship and joy. In fact, joy can even be found within the midst of hardship. That's one of the amazing gifts of the human experience. But there is indeed suffering on the planet as well, which we must recognize. It's here too, here in the U.S., but I know that there are other places where it is very intense as well. You are loved. You are special. There is no one else in the entire multiverse. There is not a being in this multiverse that is the same as you. This is the very force of creation itself that each of us is independently experiencing our journeys. We often say, and I've said it myself, this is an illusion, that is an illusion. But it's not exactly an illusion. You are having a real experience here on planet Earth. It feels very real. Linear time feels very real. Even though even science tells us that time is not linear. And let's be clear about what I just said. Even science. Science, when concerned with actually pursuing truth as much as it possibly can without limitation, without restriction, is simply the exploration of truth. It is not at odds with spirituality. What is at odds with spirituality is the materialistic school that has taken such a stranglehold on the sciences such that there is no courage or even will to explore anything else, nor the funding. That doesn't mean it doesn't happen. There are people who are researching things anyway. Science is not materialism. Materialism is a school in science, a theory in science, a paradigm. By excluding even the even daring to study what is actually real, it will eventually pass away, as have other schools 
in science when the paradigm in which they were in, caught <laughs> that stage in their studies was superseded by a greater, more accurate understanding of truth. And we will be talking about love today, and it's very relevant to all of this. Love goes very deep when you realize that we are inseparable from it. There are many ways to think about the divine. I encourage you to open yourself to the ways that are loving. The divine is not impersonal. It's so interesting how multiple ways of coming to understanding spirituality have converged in a way. There are contributions from multiple ways of thinking about the divine. I believe that it is entirely possible for the divine to be a conscious, um, greater being in which we are all a part that can also interact and love interact with and love you in a very personal way. You can have a personal relationship with the divine. That doesn't mean it's some exclusive thing up on some pedestal. You are having your own experience, and there is not a person out there listening who is excluded from having this personal relationship and intensely feeling how much you are loved. And yes, there can be miracles, and there are miracles. They do occur, and they do not always occur when we expect them. In fact, what makes the greatest miracles so remarkable is that they come when maybe you are almost out of hope. Don't lose hope. We'll be talking about hope today. In terms of who we are and how we impact one another and how love is so very important in the midst of this, I've had an experience, a couple I'll share recently. I'm sure it's an experience many of you can relate to. For whatever reason, the past year in particular has been a year of thankfully minor <laughs> little mishaps. In fact, I did a show um, in January about having fallen. Um, but here, that, that's also applicable, actually, even directly. But here I'll talk about one of my hands. I have had this thing going on for now about a year where I get a, a, some kind of an injury to a finger or to my hand, then it's healing. It's not something that um, needs or requires some kind of intervention physically. But by accommodating that injury by working around it. And so many of us have seen this happen. How many of us who work in the kitchen, and this has also been part of it, um, have, haven't cut ourselves by accident? I mean, it seems like it just happens. 
Well, I've had, and in fact, and the reason I'm talking about this today is last week yet another weird thing happened with my hand. And I realized one is impacting the other because by trying to accommodate and work around um, this pain that I feel, whatever it is, and anyone who's had an injury knows this. It was true of other things that happened when I fell. In fact, I did brace myself with one hand, and that's been yet just one instance of a series of these little things. There can be unintended, unexpected impacts to working around our pain. When we need to heal, we accommodate that area that needs to heal. But that doesn't mean that it's going to be some seamless path to our healing. Oh, yes, there can be miracles, and I've seen miracles. And honestly, how that fall in January was not as severe as it could have been to the very point of death itself, that in itself was a miracle. I finally figured out how it happened just the other day. Because I was thinking, how could I not see this thing that was clearly marked? Well, number one, there was, I was accommodating the ice that was around this thing. And yet I didn't trip on the ice. I didn't slip on the ice. I was trying to work around the ice. It's the same concept. Well, today, or actually it was yesterday, after being totally mystified as to how I didn't see this thing, I realized it was because of my approach to it. When I was examining this, or it was just a curb where it was raised and it was clearly marked. They had marked it to try to highlight it. I realized it was the way I happened to approach it that day and maybe on other days and yet I didn't trip on those days and there were a lot of things that contributed to tripping wearing shoes that were newer and were didn't really fit I was wearing boots at the time and um, so there were factors like that but I just couldn't figure out how I couldn't see this thing that day well it's because I was approaching it from an angle where it wasn't as clearly visible. It was somewhat visible. Was there snow there um, obscuring a part of that um, that day, um, even though most of it was visible, just because of how I was walking up to it? Yeah, probably. So that mystery is now solved for me. So many times, and this is true of the school, of materialism. There could be something in plain sight. The love of the divine is in plain sight. How we can connect to it is there. And yet we are in a particular corridor. We are approaching in a particular way. And we just don't see it. We need to have compassion when it just mystifies us. Why isn't this obvious? It's so clear. In fact, the passage I'm about to read, 
again. I've read it before. I know I have new listeners. Um, it's an important passage, and there's actually a tradition on this show of exploring this passage at this time of year and at others, and every time I do it, I approach it in a different way because I do it spontaneously with no preparation. And it's such a deep and wonderful passage applicable to anybody listening. There can be benefits from this passage. It doesn't matter what you currently believe. And know that your experience, your observations on this world, your growth, on the planet will continually change. I have another thing going on this week, and it's been going on for a while, and I finally concluded, I think it was yesterday again. Yesterday seemed to be a day for just realizing some things. This is a really simple thing, and I would bet that some of you have experienced this as well. In fact, I'm sure you have. I have a couple of potted plants where um, the pots actually came as a gift, which is really nice. However, <laughs> however, um, the, they have an aspect that makes it extremely difficult to take care of an indoor plant. Outdoor plants are a little bit easier to take care of in this way because they dry out quickly and you just, you're rarely going to either overwater, you can certainly underwater them. But here's the phenomenon. And finally, I realized there's another solution and it needs to happen. I am in this state of continually trying to make these plants thrive. There's two separate ones. The pots that they are in have no drainage at all. They are totally contained. So when I water these plants, inevitably, over time, it starts to puddle because I'm overwatering. Then I try to accommodate that, and I think, okay, well, I'll just stop watering very much for a while, or maybe not at all. I'm not going to water this next week. So gradually it dries out, and before I know it, it's too dry. And I go on and on trying to establish some kind of balance with these plants. The actual solution, short of figuring out a way to put a hole in the bottom of the pot, which is much too difficult, and I'll probably re-injure my hand again if I were to try that, <laughs> is to give those pots away, get new pots that do have drainage, and the, not only will the problem be solved, where there will be free flowing water. Things will not be trapped. No doubt those roots are not doing very well in that pot. They're just so constrained and contained. I'm sure when the day comes and they need new soil to refresh them, it won't be a different plant. I'm trying to save these plants. Sometimes they do die. Um, and how rejuvenated these plants will be just simple plants. They don't have a huge amount of value to me. Um, I had another plant once. One day it dawned on me that um, it, because it just so suddenly died and I had had it for so many years, this plant, um, it, that probably 
something unusual happened with that plant, and I had no control over what occurred. But in this case, I do have control. I can help these plants. I would like them to thrive. They need more space to thrive. They need bigger pots. They need pots with drainage. They need flow. They need freedom. They need fresh water that flows through and doesn't get trapped. We get trapped in our fears. We get trapped in conceptions that even we can feel. They just don't feel right. They don't feel right. They're too constraining. Maybe we are withering. And what we really need is a refreshing shower of love. I couldn't think of the right word. There is no good word for that. We need to be immersed in love. We need to feel the flow of love, of unconditional, pure love. It will set us free. We can thrive again. No, life won't be perfect. The plant that had died some years ago, I had had for so many years. I had literally had this plant um, since right after college. I don't think I actually had it in college. And one day, it just suddenly died. Um, did, I have various theories as to why it may have died. But in any case, It didn't matter what kind of pot it had. It just had gone its way. It was a mystery. But there are so many times, and we're only here in a given life for a particular span. Even the oldest trees on the planet, so sad that so many of them were cut down, but even those oldest trees, they won't be here forever. So... We are here having an individual experience in this time, in this particular life. What is constraining us? What are our fears doing? What is our pain doing? How are we working around that? Yes, we need to heal. What can we do to heal as consciously and effectively as possible. That is my introduction. Very spontaneous, although I did think about it right before the show. I don't write out these things. There is no sermon here that's planned in advance. The topic was planned. I'm not even one of these experts. You know, I started to realize some of the the, the most effective speakers use analogies. So I did consciously start to think, you know, I don't do that very much. So I made a conscious choice to incorporate some analogy today, which I will continue to refine in my own growth as a communicator. I was hopeful it would be from my heart, and it is. Even so... I'm growing. I'm a little out of my comfort zone 
when I do that. Does it make me like all these other speakers? No. In fact, I don't want to be like all these other speakers. But that doesn't mean that they don't have some helpful ideas to get a point across. The divine often will speak in symbols. In fact, that's been known for a long time. And it is a part of mystical experience. And in fact, in many written works, we have so many things that are told in stories to help us to understand. So these things do matter. So what I'm going to read, I didn't get to it last week, but I promised I would this week. I intentionally made the live show 45 minutes so that those of you listening live, and let me say, I have absolutely no way of knowing how many of you there are. All that I know is that there are many more than I actually know about. Um, So um, there's no way of quantifying it. In fact, that's true anyway. I mean, in any given week, these shows, our voice, whatever we share, it does go out into the future. But even in this time, I know that you are in more places, you are on more platforms that I can't see. So whoever you are, you are welcome here. Whenever you are, I am speaking to you from my heart. It's always best to begin 1 Corinthians 13 with part of the verse before. Or actually just, um, let's see, where will we start today? Well, we'll start in 1231 in its entirety, that verse. But eagerly desire the greater gifts. And now I will show you the most excellent way. 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. We will stop after each little passage or wherever I feel led to stop. That is so important, and that's love with a lowercase l, although it is the greater love. We can't be separated from love, but we don't know it. We feel separate. This is the human experience. We are here having a journey. If we were totally, all the time, aware of the infinite love that exists, we wouldn't be having this human experience. We are here with a veil between us and the full power of the divine, the full power of divine unconditional love. So in this experience, there are things like fear. We do get angry. We're human beings. We do things imperfectly. Related to my hand, I did think of this just before the show. 
there's something going on where I accommodated another thing and I triggered it again today where I was just, you know, it's the way I turned on a faucet. I triggered this thing. And I thought, I need to really be careful and let this heal. So I'm being conscious. And yet before, you know, I'll do it again. Like a few days ago, I did the same thing. And so it set me back again in trying to address this relatively minor yet an injury I would like to fully heal. That's the way it is with anger. That's the way it is when we feel so very imperfect. That's the way it is when we get stuck in our egos and yet we're consciously aiming to live a spiritual path compatible with love. And the truth of this particular verse, no matter what we say, If we don't have love, if we lose sight of love when we are speaking, we will not be effective. There will be unintended, and sometimes some people even intend the consequences of hate-filled approaches to anything, to anything that is totally immersed in fear. These ways do not work. These ways do not accomplish whatever the desired end is, even if that end is very noble. The only way to accomplish greater understanding is to listen and to be in a space of truly seeking and conveying and working together on greater understanding. This is where the notion of bridge building matters, which has been very operative on my spiritual path. We must find a way to build bridges. When you burn a bridge, it might have a temporary result that seems helpful. You know, so many people can refer to various wars in the past. If we hadn't done this, if we hadn't done this, well, guess what? If you had done this, if you had been more compassionate, if you had been more understanding, if you had had more discussions, that very negative fear-based thing that emerged out of that lack, out of not being aware of how important that is, out of working out of your pain, intended or otherwise, pain propagates pain. And it will just go underground if it needs to, but it never heals. You keep triggering it. The only way to heal is to heal. The only way to communicate is with love. Otherwise, we are just a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Notice how that suggests repetition. Think about the sound. You may live in a part of the world where you regularly hear gongs. Here in the U.S., we really don't. I know there are listeners in those parts of the world, or maybe on your spiritual path you do. They kind of reverberate. They feel like they repeat. 
do they accomplish anything? And I'm not talking about people who have meditative experiences and that kind of thing. Love is essential to communication. Verse 2. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all the mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. There... Wow, see, every time I read this, new things come to me. How many times have I spoken on this program about how we are reducing spirituality to a very confining space? In fact, yeah, that um, pot that doesn't have any flow in it for the plants, that's, that's a really good analogy. You may still have a plant that is living. You may still have a spiritual life. But if you are not basing that spirituality in the divine, unconditional, omnipresent love of the divine, it will be limited. And so often we want to reduce spirituality to just a set of rules. Oh, just a set of laws. You know, it works just like materialism. No, no. Materialism is a false school. It's a false school. Yes, yes, we live in a material reality, but that's not all there is. Why do we insist on confining our definitions and our discussions about spirituality to a materialistic way of expressing a paradigm? I won't even use the word science because science is grander than materialism. I don't even think we totally understand how to go about science in a more expansive way, except to know that we are honestly exploring truth. If someone is saying that these things will work without talking about love, that's what this verse is talking about. You can have faith in those things. You can see spiritual things happen. You can have mysteries happen, even knowledge. You can have all kinds of things um, in the dogma of whatever it is. It's just a bunch of tools after all, right? It's just a bunch of tools, kind of like working in the garden, like shoveling or something. No, it's not. It's not just a bunch of tools. It is a greater mystical experience. And it is not even definable within the language that we have. It is definable within the greater experience of love. And anyone who has had a powerful mystical experience will know that overwhelming love. And it can be very personal indeed. Feeling loved, but also feeling loved for the whole world and feeling inseparable from it. The actual one with the universe type of experience or one with time across time, feeling that grander reality. These experiences have been with us as long as we have been human beings. Verse 3. If I give all I possess to the poor 
and surrender my body to the flames, but have not love, I gain nothing. So, if what we are doing is just for show, just to show, oh, look at me, look at me, look at how compassionate, look at how, um, look at what I'm doing, look at what I'm doing, without love, without really caring about the actual impacts of those things. And let's be clear, we all do this imperfectly. Of course we do. But there is no point, I mean, there's no sincerity in this. This is about sincerity. Actually acknowledging you're an imperfect human being and you're probably not always going to be able to do this and that almost nobody is going to totally sacrifice themselves on the path. Even our own self-preservation will keep us from that, although there have been people who have done that. Um, It's about a conscious understanding that love is at the center. If love is not at the center then it is counterfeit. It's just for show. That's not useful. Verse 4. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. So much of that verse is pretty much self-explanatory. Yes, it's patient. The love of the ages may require the ages. We are on a very imperfect journey. But love is patiently there, assisting us, helping us to see more clearly if we will only open ourselves to it. Love is kind. Let's talk about that other verse about being a clanging symbol. Are we being kind in our communications? If we're not being kind in our communications, it's not going to be effective. That only creates friction and more difficulty. It only creates fear and anger in every reaction. Kindness is absolutely essential. No matter how difficult it is, no matter how imperfect, no matter how many times I do something silly in the house and, you know, not not allowing myself to fully heal, and then I'm reminded my I remind myself, gosh, don't do that again. Try to avoid it. Do your best. Avoid it. The same is true of anger. We all experience anger. Yes, we are having a human experience, but we need to be conscious of what is actually going to work. We do not have the luxury at this time in the world to behave in any other way because we don't have as much leeway, although there can be miracles, so let's not rule that out. See, even I fall sway to the materialistic paradigm all the time. We all do. It's been drilled into us. So many things are like that. Just because... It's a very powerful school of belief does not make it true. Just because, you know, another example, it's something that this has to do with being a relationship to the whole and also being an individual. If there are individuals who are harmed by something, there are no doubt many more individuals who are harmed by it. 
The same thing is true of things that can help us. We are having individual experiences here. We are like, it's like light being both a wave and a particle, which always mystifies people, that concept. How can that be? Well, we are both individual souls having an experience, but we are also inseparable from the greater whole of the divine. And if something is very broadly harmful and projected and is untrue, that doesn't make it true. That doesn't suddenly make it good. In fact, so many things in the history of the world have only been known at first by maybe one or you know, generally not one. Certainly scientific discoveries can be that way. There can be an Einstein, and, you know, I'm sure he regretted um, where he was going. And look at how fear escalates, because that's where they were caught in that time. I haven't seen this movie about the development of the atomic bomb, but they were terrified that um, somebody really um, caught up in fear and hatred would, would develop this thing. That only leads from one bad thing to another, and it's a really difficult trap to get out of. It may require a miracle indeed, in fact, it probably will, for the world to emerge from this, what has been an endless escalation from the very beginning, always developing some new weapon, always feeling vengeance because of something had been done, and then something else was done, and it went back and forth and back and forth. And it never ends. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. That's really difficult. We all experience envy. does not boast. It is not proud. So it's not about ego. This doesn't take away the individual or, you know, feeling happy about what you're doing in the world. I love doing this program and speaking from my heart. Um, I don't have to declare it as, you know, some great, the, you know, the most wide-reaching, the greatest, whatever. I don't have to go up on some pedestal to appreciate the joy of doing this work. Um, it's close to the end of the live show. Obviously, this show's going to go in overtime today. So if you are listening live, thank you for being here while live. And you can hear the rest in the podcast shortly when it's done. And once again, FrontierBeyondFear.com is the website, which is a little out of date. I need to update it, but it's it's got most of the episodes there. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Verse 5 is really powerful. It is not rude because it's kind, right? It is not self-seeking. That does not take away the value of your individual path and what you're creating, but it's focus. Life is a dichotomy where... If you empty your own cup completely without taking care of yourself, you can't help anybody else, that's for sure. So it is a balance. 
But absolutely, your path, your path of the most joy, of the most effectiveness, your soul's purpose in this particular life, certainly, will be something that gives to others, that brings something into the world from your unique and special heart, your unique experience that is unlike anybody else, who you are, how you put that out into the world. It may be just to those around you. In fact, often that can be a dichotomy too. Not everybody is going to have a podcast or, again, it's not like... um, You know, it's not that great of a pedestal here, sitting here speaking on blog talk radio and various syndicates, but it doesn't matter. What are you doing? What are you led to do to assist others, to bring some good into the world, to bring some caring into the world? It is not easily angered. That is so important. We've all had it happen. I have too. I'm sure many of us have journeys through life where we've worked with that. Being easily angered is reactive. You will not accomplish anything. And when we do that, there can be very unexpected reactions in response. It can be very life-changing. And truthfully, sometimes those changes need to happen. But in fact, every life has changes that need to happen, no matter how they come about. Um, But... It's not the ideal way, let's put it that way. And it's certainly um, any, you don't want to be triggered. You don't want to be reactive. You don't have time to even reflect. You don't even know what your heart is telling you when we react like that. Such a powerful statement. It keeps no record of wrongs. Let's talk about that. The love of the divine God is love. Omnipresent love keeps no record of wrongs because it's about growing who you are, growing to be, how you are learning. Are we moving in a positive direction towards love? Yes, we haven't have had imperfections in the past. This is one of the reasons I for years have believed in restorative justice. I cannot tell you how many times I hear, it's on the news almost any given day, where someone is in some state of impairment and because of vengeance and nothing else, just because someone has to pay, even though they, you know, they may need assistance with why they were in a state of impairment. And yet we expect and treat people like that as if there was full awareness. That's not fair. That's not justice. And real justice is about learning and growing and rehabilitation. That's what, and that's what love is about. That's what God is about. Verse 6. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. I've gone over this verse before, and it's very relevant today. In fact, some of this related to it not being self-seeking. 
so many times the truth is being manipulated because someone is self-seeking, because someone is trying to preserve their own power, their own past mistruths, their own um, ego, really. I mean, it can be a kind of self-preservation because they want to be up on some pedestal in some position of power. That has nothing to do with love. In fact, you can't love someone and attempt to manipulate them with falsehood, consciously knowing it's a falsehood. Our world today is in dire straits because people are so um, lacking in their own growth that they peddle, push, and veil the truth. They, they peddle falsehood and veil the truth in order to control. When you are seeking the love of the divine, the miraculous love, your eyes become more open and you start to see through some of these things. It doesn't matter how many people are going along with it. And you can feel compassion that they have been, in many cases, intentionally manipulated by falsehood. Degrees of falsehood. But you can also be grateful, despite how it's not always easy to perceive that at least you can see it, at least you can glimpse it, at least you can be on that road to desiring it. Verse 7. Oh, wait, back on verse 6. Notice how lack of the truth is equated with delighting in evil. That's that manipulative, fear-based, very dysfunctional behavior. I would use the word darkness. It is not of the light. In fact, that's such a perfect analogy because the light reveals truth. People who are in that space, they may seem they're delighting in their, you know, manipulations, but they're not happy. That's a sad tragedy for them. They're not happy. They live in continual fear of the truth coming out. There's no happiness in that. There's just temporary, I don't know, satisfaction, I suppose. I don't even know if that really exists. But yes, they can seem to delight in the darkness. The light, you know, even the word delight, of light, um, you really can't delight in darkness. That's the irony. The light is what truly gives us joy. Verse 7, it always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. What a wonderful reassurance. This can help us to know we have this shield, have this within us, divine, miraculous love. It is consciously a part of us. We can feel protected by it in the worst of conditions. 
it's there. No one can take it away. That's why um, in history, people who have wanted to make others the most miserable or behave in the most hateful ways, they despise spirituality. Because you cannot take that away, especially when you've had it in a way that it's been demonstrated in material ways. Oh, yes, there's a material world. You can see evidence of miracles and healing and synchronicities, meaningful coincidences, and all kinds of amazing things that can happen in life when you're really on a spiritual path. And even when you're being called to one, you may not be spiritual yet, and that wakes you up. It helps you to trust. Trust generates trust. Always trust. Always hope. You never give up because you know there is this love. There is nothing in this world or the next that would cause you to give up on love. Once you see what is possible with love, anything contrary to unconditional love, which is described in this passage, you would know to be false. Always perseveres. There's no failing of this. It gives you strength. It gives you resilience. If you are healing, thankfully, for example, when I had that fall, I was not seriously injured. But when we are, and I know there are those of you out there who are experiencing illnesses and more severe injuries, You can't find that perseverance. And yes, of course, this is but one life. Nobody is here on this planet any longer than they are meant to be, or any shorter than they are meant to be. If I had hit my head, um, you know, I did hit my chin, but if I had hit in a different way on the concrete, I may not be here right now, and I, you know, this level sitting here talking would have been upset, feeling like she had more to do. I would tend to think everyone thinks they feel like they have more to do. Well, we're here while we're here. Did Carl Sagan, who actually um, fought against spirituality, although you can see it rising up in some of his words, I think he would have become spiritual given more time. I really do. He was on the, the verge of it, and yet he fought against it as a skeptic. Would he have wanted more time on the planet? Would he have done more good things? Maybe he would have become more spiritual. He seemed to be growing that way. We're here while we're here. So many, you can list all kinds of people in history, great poets, others who were here as long as they were here. Martin Luther King, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King. I always want to give him his spiritual side. We've been stripping that away from him lately by not giving those titles. He had a spiritual path. He wasn't here very long, and his life ended in April. But I believe this past week was the anniversary. What more might he have done? Verse 8. Love never fails. There you go. Let's stop right there. Not the whole verse. You can never be failed by the love of God. There is nothing, anything that would cause that to fail, 
would cancel itself out. It's not possible. It is a contradiction in terms. You cannot disempower unconditional, infinite, divine love. There can be darkness where you cannot fully see the light, but the light still exists in all of its purity and fullness. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully. Even as I am fully known. That was, I went all the way through the rest of verse 8 all the way to the end of verse 12. I already discussed some of this. We are learning and growing. We are behind a veil. We cannot fully see the light, but we can glimpse it. Someday, when this particular life is over, we'll see more fully again. Then we may veil ourselves again, but I know that we will because we're having these experiences where we, we hide the light intentionally. In doing so, we discover more about love. We create. We co-create. We are these amazing individual souls having these astonishing experiences. We couldn't be having, I couldn't be having a show like this or be on a planet called Earth or be a person named Susan or even a person without being distanced in some way from full knowledge of all that is, from the light in its completeness. Is it ever truly complete? Well, I don't believe it is. In fact, there's lots of evidence of that. The infinite keeps going on infinitely. We keep creating. It It indefinitely creates. It never ends. And it just keeps growing. The notion of perfection and imperfection is always difficult to understand. If it keeps growing and it keeps growing in its understanding and generation of more lessons about love. That's really why we're here. We're having lessons about love and not seeing love and how that teaches us more about love. Someday, when we see face-to-face, so to speak, we'll have a better understanding of what we're going to do with those lessons because I can guarantee it doesn't end. There's a reason for the lessons. We see like a poor reflection as in a mirror. I love that too, because who's in the mirror? 
You ever think about that? What are we looking at in the mirror? Love. The divine. Yes, we are particles of light. Yes, we are also a wave. We are individuals and we are the infinite. We are ourselves and yet we are all together. We are both. Our individual journeys and choices, they matter. It's part of the journey. There is no authoritarian God forcing you into certain types of behavior. It's about having a free experience here on the planet. And yeah, there can be some pretty big consequences to that. We may even end the whole thing pretty soon if we don't figure it out. Maybe there are miracles. Yes, there are. We've seen them. Will there be a miracle at the very end? If there's not, well, then we'll see face to face and not the poor reflection anymore. We know in part now, we shall know fully, and we will be fully known. That's really interesting, that part. I believe that part has to do with the Akash as well, expressed in a different way. Everything we think, everything we do, everything we write, whether anyone sees it or not on this planet, it goes into the record, the living record. It's not just some book, some cosmic book. We are the living Akash. Our experiences matter, every one of them. We are creating. We are a part of unfolding, infinite, adventurous, is that ever true, creation. To be in such a place as planet Earth, where there are choices and there is darkness and there is fear, but there is also love. And there are miracles. I used to love this song by the group Kansas, Love and Miracles Out of Nowhere. It can feel that way sometimes. So much for all the little laws that say they come about. Follow this, and then it'll happen. It doesn't always work that way. You may not expect it at all. Love and miracles out of nowhere. It's like, how did that happen? At the very last minute, it turns around. It defies all expectations. How many times has that happened in a life, in a world? The best stories are about that. Look at the Lord of the Rings at the end. Against all odds. And they think it's the bitter end. Miracles happen. Verse 13. And now these three remain. Faith and love, but the greatest of these is love. Love has to be the greatest because love encompasses the other two and encompasses everything. Love gives us faith. Love gives us hope. Love is everything. It is the greatest. Our egos are not the greatest. Our endeavors to manipulate and deceive. That is far from being the greatest. Our spitefulness, our anger, our clanging symbols, so to speak. That is a diminishment of what is possible. 
There is no understanding there. There is no learning. Nobody learns a thing. It feels good. I've had experiences where it feels felt healed. See, I can't even speak. It felt good to be, you know, maybe in that. Actually, it really doesn't feel good to be angry. It feels good to be angry, you know, like, ah, you got yours in. They deserved it. But it doesn't feel good. The funny thing is, is it's a, it's almost like a chemical kind of a thing. Actually, it, it often can feel really bad physically. When you're angry, you don't feel well. And chemically, you don't feel well. It's not the path. It's not the path of growth. It is a lesson. And yeah, it may be just like how I keep, you know, injuring this silly finger in this mild way or this hand that keeps bothering me in different ways. And even I had one accident with it in the last few months. It was like a freak thing where I was pulling a knife out of the drawer and another one was caught and it literally popped right up and and um, cut my hand, you know, went into my hand. And it's like, what more? I wasn't even slicing a tomato or anything. And yes, I'm okay. It healed. But I've had to accommodate these different things. Now I have to accommodate something else. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to remember, be very gentle here. Don't keep doing the same thing that's causing injury. We have many ways to learn that. It's a part of our growth. Do we have the strength and the courage to remind ourselves not to repeat, to make an effort not to repeat the dysfunctional behavior that is not helping us? How do we find the bridges? Because that's the only way to our true survival, uh, short of a miracle, which can also happen. We can help those miracles along by seeking the bridges. That's the end of 1 Corinthians 13. And we've reached the end of the hour, gone a little bit beyond it, which I... I actually expected. Hopefully I've still been on the air because I guess I am because <laughs> I've been so immersed. Usually I multitask and check the little studio, make sure it's still going. Yeah, it's still going into the podcast. I hope those of you who are new to this podcast on these new syndicates, and I do intend some of them are a little bit more um, involved to add. I'll keep looking at others, but I welcome you. Those of you who are new, this is the very essence of what was my writing when I first started writing publicly in the forums, talked about that last episode, and how I choose to share my voice now, how I'm guided to do it. It's from my heart, and it is it is a spiritual experience. It is a part of my purpose to be sharing in this way. And I'm thankful to be on planet Earth and there is such a thing, at least right now, as blog talk radio, which who would have predicted that when I was young? Although I did like to record things, I would practice with my voice. You know, so many times we find that in our lives. I wasn't real good at speaking spontaneously for other people. I had been wounded in a way. I had a teacher who was very harsh and kind of shut me down for a while. It's too bad that there are both good teachers and dysfunctional teachers. 
But eventually my voice emerged again because I had the confidence to speak. Do I speak as authentically and fully as I would like? Probably not. In fact, I can guarantee not. It's still a learning experience. The world, very sadly, is not very accepting of authenticity and honesty. It looks for ways of veiling. That's all part of that manipulative manipulative energy. I know that it's time to end when I'm stumbling over the words. So, and in fact, that word is a good one to stumble over because it's only doing harm on the planet. It's only about the egos of those who do that. You don't really care for anyone or respect anyone or love anyone if that's the way that, that you choose to treat them with utter disregard, utter disrespect, and even harm directly, sadly, through seeking, self-seeking one way or another or being driven by fear. We can do better than that. One by one, we are each on our own path. One by one by one, we learn, we do our best. We'll make mistakes. We remind ourselves, don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. Try not to do that. Try to remember. Maybe you have a reminder. Maybe you have something up on the wall that reminds you. Thank you for being here today. I appreciate those of you listening, all of you in the podcast here, listening in the future. There is no separation of time, or of space. I do anticipate being here next Saturday as well. This broadcast of Frontier Beyond Fear, which has been on the air since 2010, broadcasts live on Blog Talk Radio at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, most Saturdays. You can learn more about it at FrontierBeyondFear.com. I haven't been tweeting as much on Twitter lately, but I do tweet about the shows. I used to be on there quite a bit, and I probably should be a little more. Facebook, I try to share inspirational content there. You can reach the Facebook page easily through FrontierBeyondFear.com. And if you have any comments to share, I invite you to do it there. That's the most effective place. And I think you will appreciate some of the regular content that is there as well. Sometimes I blog. I had started blogging again, and now I haven't had a chance again, but I'll be blogging again soon, I'm sure. But other content I share from others, just inspirational pictures and thoughts that will uplift you, and always the episodes that are recently aired. So thanks again for being here, and I hope to see you next time. Take care, everyone.